to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller North by Northwest, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Josh Horowitz from 5 Minutes of Trouble and 5 Minutes of Bonsai, and my co-host, as always, is the great Brett Stillo. Welcome, Brett. Hey, that's me. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for coming back and doing this with me. This is uh, always fun to podcast with you. Oh, absolutely. And, and and we're traveling in style on the 20th Century Limited all week. That's right. Wearing uh, smoking jackets, I believe. Yeah, right? yeah. And like, how many Gibsons have you had this week? Uh, not enough, not enough. <laughs> but I can tell you, we've got two guests that would probably love to have some Gibsons right now. We do. Because joining us today are two of our favorite guests. We've had them before on Five Minutes of Bonsai and Five Minutes of Trouble. Everybody, let's welcome Audra Wolfman and Desmond Miller from the Speak Easily Hour Minute podcast show thing. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> uh, I know, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is this is me. I I, I this is me, uh, Desmond. I play a character, uh, Shecky, on that show. Um, <laughs> so this is me in my normal voice so yeah if it seems a little weird for all you people who listen to our other show this is how i normally sound hello uh, how are you what, what what do you sound like when you're shecky uh i sound i kind of sound like this and i'm like hey how you doing ah now see and now everything <laughs> peaked up and went crazy so sorry that's all right that's all right and this is actually a character i do right now and my normal voice is this when i'm odessa lil it's pretty crazy. Yeah, isn't that weird? I couldn't. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's much like this movie, with different characters and aliases, and it just it just fits right in. No one is who they seem. You know, my actual name is Anchon Chehovic, and uh, I've just <laughs> never really mentioned that to any of you until now. Uh, I am Anton Chehovic, but that's another story entirely. Desmond, I'm I'm wondering. In the voice of Shecky, could you repeat after me and say the line, Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Great. That's you can go now. We're done with you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, and good night. Thank you and good night. So uh Pandering. Yeah, so we're excited to have you on board, uh the twentieth century limited as we speed towards Chicago. Let me ask you both uh, about the film North by Northwest. Uh, oh, is that what we're doing? Yes, it's yeah, North, North by, by Northwest. Northwest yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Minute 48. 48. And uh, let me ask you, what, uh, have you guys seen the movie before? You, do you like it? Do you do you hate it? Uh, what do you think <laughs> of Cary Grant? I mean, just, yeah, check in with you really briefly on that. I do. I, I love this movie. It's incredibly stylish. And... Uh, I think it's pretty subversive from uh, Hitchcock's other films because uh, it's got a, a very, uh, I, I think, I think a feminist role hmm. uh, for for the for the woman. Uh, I, I feel like uh, the female character really is the aggressor, and uh, I mean, of course, later we find out that perhaps she's set up to uh to be that role and perhaps she's not working out of her own agency but we don't know that right away so uh our first take uh of her of, of her uh, agency is that it, this is her she's the aggressor she's going after the man 
uh, and uh, we don't know she's being put up for it. And then it kind of turns the male gaze around. It turns the male gaze on its head. So it kind of turns around the whole uh, Hitchcock blonde thing. And um, so I've always liked this movie for that reason. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, say what you will about Hitchcock <laughs> and his women. Um, this one's a very different movie. And <laughs> I, I find that very memorable. Now, Audra, do you remember the uh, first time you saw this film? Um, I've only seen bits and pieces of it in film classes. And so I have really, as far as I can remember, seeing it all the way through continuously uh, was this month. Yeah. Or last month, December. Yeah. Yeah, It's interesting that you mentioned film classes. I I actually remember uh, when I was at UCLA and taking some film courses that they were... They were showing, I think it was Vertigo as an example of, you know, a typical Hitchcock movie. Yeah. But I, I wonder if Hitchcock himself would have been surprised to see that his stuff was being shown in film schools, or if he just kind of considered it, you know, popular entertainment of the time. <laughs> I, I have a hunch he'd probably hate it. <laughs> My films ought to be watched in theaters, not in classrooms. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe. And I, I think yeah. I, I think you would be cool with it. I'd be yeah. like, I'm, I am in, I am, you know, helping the 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 the, the next generation of filmmakers become better than I am. That was my Hitchcock, maybe. Was, I don't know. Are we all doing Hitchcocks? Hitchcock. Because actually, before we started recording, we were talking about what what would Hitchcock do if he knew that movie by minutes existed, <laughs> and if you guys were doing a movie by minutes podcast of one of his movies i think it's ridiculous yeah exactly one minute at a time don't you know it's a complete movie (laughs) yeah yeah or this this is silly yeah (laughs) you know carrie grant for that matter no wait 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 let me get this straight I think he'd be kind of cool with it. Yeah. He'd be like, really? Maybe, uh, maybe. say. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think as long as he had a Gibson, he might be cool with yeah. it. But yeah, I think... And a cigarette. What you do know. you mean I can't smoke in the theater? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, we'd also have to explain to them that we're, we're podcasting this. And podcasting? Is that something you grow in your garden? I mean, they would be completely... <laughs> you know, inter-what? <laughs> they probably think internet is a dirty word. So. They just well, take out a you, gun Desmond? and what's, shoot what's themselves. What's your... What's your experience, Desmond, with this film? None. Whoa, no, <laughs> not true, not true. I saw a really good episode of The Simpsons that Todd did it. I think ah. Simpsons did it. And then I saw an episode of Family Guy that did it, that had a bit of it, um, where Peter was a booger. And then on the heads, <laughs> on the heads of the R- Mount Rushmore. This ends at like Mount Rushmore, right? I'm, I know yes. I'm skipping ahead. That's, that's coming. Yeah. Oh, you're ruining it for me. And then I've seen, of course, I've seen the uh, the the iconic, you know, crop duster chase, you yeah, know. Right. Um, uh, but no, that's really I've only seen bits and pieces of this movie. I haven't seen too many uh, Hitchcock movies. Um, I've seen like the the ones you're supposed to see, I guess. So that's good. which is Psycho. So I've seen Psycho, and then uh, that's about it. So <laughs> that's all right. I feel like this is perfect because you're kind of in the dark about most of this movie, like Cary Grant, Roger Thornhill. It's like, what is going on? So, you know, and in (laughs) fact, you know, you mentioned the iconic crop duster. Is that what 
is what a crop duster scene? I guess that's what happens, and I guess it's like it doesn't dust crops. Yeah, it does. Or it yeah, dust crops when there are no crops. Yeah. yeah. But this is the even more iconic dining car scene. Mm-hmm. People, oh, I didn't know that there was an iconic dining car scene. Oh, it's though. far more. Yes, iconic. you have it. <laughs> this and is it. We've this given is you minute forty-eight. Uh, yeah. 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 That was that was a really nice lead-in. Yes, the iconic. You know, forty-eight <laughs> yes. minute. So I'm just saying, people. You know, if you're ever going to watch this movie and it gets to you know the you know the forty-eight minute, pay attention because this is. <laughs> This this minute right here iconic. Rest of the minute, rest of the movie trash. Forty eight. <laughs> this is the best. Well, yeah. well, a quick summary about forty eight. The minute starts with Roger reading from a menu across from an attractive blonde girl. We don't quite know who it is yet, and ends with Roger and the girl exchanging clever banter. Okay, yeah. that's that's the setting. Iconic. Uh, that was some clever. That really was some clever banter. Like I was. It was funny. I was sitting in the bathroom reviewing this, you know, uh, this this masterpiece. Oh, thanks. And, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, huh, because uh, earlier we were talking about uh, the scene and and um, uh, Audra was talking about how, you know, the, you know, she was doing uh, she, she was basically showing her agency and, and basically uh, going being very coy, somewhat coy. But but really really forward in in some of her um in some of her I guess it was flirtation, um and Cary Grant is just kind of like um what's going on now <laughs> you know he just seemed to be totally taken like aback by this I don't know you know is this movie anything like the man with one red shoe um <laughs> at all hmm. That's a you good. Know, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. Well, it's because it was someone who didn't really know that he was part of a part of this like big, a big spy conspiracy type. Yeah, thing. this big thing. Yeah. You know? So it kind of is. Yeah, because because like isn't because isn't he just like someone that is really kind of unknowing about really what's going on around him? So he's very much like not up to speed about yeah. how this this sort of. The, this sort of world that he's in works, and so he's kind of like what? So, because as my as I take it, Cary Grant is sort of the everyman in this movie, and yep. and we're supposed to identify with him when all this kind of weird shit is happening, you know, around him, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a yeah, that's an interesting point, and I've brought this up before because Roger Thornhill in the script on paper is kind of that Hitchcock everyman. Uh, drawn into this Byzantine international plot of intrigue and danger. But, and as we see in this minute, this is Rogers played by Cary Grant. So he's got that cosmopolitan aloofness. Uh, mm-hmm. He kind of adds that style to it. So even even when he doesn't know what's going on, he's, he's so cool about it. <laughs> I think yeah, he's... Like, he, no, oh, go ahead. No, I think he's even, you know, there's there's a moment where he's even sort of, uh, you know, he's making fun of himself. And, you know, and, and I think it's around second 26, you know, he's he's looking around and, uh, you know, that, you know, pe- you know, do I look familiar to yeah. you? Yeah. If Cary Grant yeah. is playing it cool, you have to say that even Mary Saint is playing it even cooler. Yeah. I mean, just, just the way she says yes twice in this minute. I mean, that's, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Good but, but it was just like this, this, this so like, you know, yes, I look like someone before. And, and yes, I have that face. And yes, you know, it's like, it's like he's sort of, sort of like aware that something weird's kind of going on, yeah. you know? And he's just like, huh? yeah. Know? And then, and then being sit, being sat with her specifically, 
you know, he's kind of like, something's going on, but I'm not really sure what's going on kind right. of situation. Yeah. yeah. And again, I think that in that particular part of the conversation, I imagine audiences in 1959 are, are maybe cracking up. You know, I, I guess I have a face people recognize for some reason. I was like, yeah, because you're freaking Cary Grant. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I have to feel that was, that was kind of played for a laugh. I don't know. I guess I have one of those faces that people seem to, you know, think I look like someone. I don't know who. Well, uh, one of the things that they do in this minute, though, is talk about uh, what to eat. Yeah. Uh, Brett, I think uh, you have something special to talk about having to do with the menu, don't you? Well, you know, I, uh, we have a copy of the menu uh, that they're looking at. Uh, th- here's, here's, here's the great shocker. This is, you know, really going to deflate a lot of fans of this movie. On that menu, there's no brook trout. What? Yeah. Yeah, the Brook Trout. I noticed that, is, that too. Yeah, it's a fabrication. It's the writer yeah. Ernest Lehman just pretending. Uh, there was something on the menu. The closest thing you can get uh, now, Audra doesn't like fish, so this might be tough. For no, <laughs> I, I am a total anti-fishist. Yeah, and uh, I think fishist. It's, it's so disgusting. I'm total anti-fishite. Totally disgusting. Yeah. So the good I news. What the brook trout or the yeah. or the uh... the brook trout? I looked it, it up because I'm thinking because I never knew what a brook trout was, so I thought I totally thought like a brook's trout was like a way that you pre- you prepare the trout. So yeah. I thought, oh, it's a recipe for bro- uh, the recipe was called like brook <laughs> trout, and so trout like by brook or something. Yeah. yeah, like like it was <laughs> brook's recipe, and you're like, oh, okay, that's it must be a famous chef back yeah. then. Sure, blah, blah, yeah. blah. What? Yeah. No, I'm just laughing. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, well, Brooks, no, and so I looked up to do trout, right? Yeah, so I looked up Brooks trout, and it's a species of trout. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. okay, it's probably just like a sautéed fish then. So I was like, okay, whatever. Interestingly it, enough, you find it it's in a trouty. brook. Yeah, yeah, it's trouty, though, it's, which is and trouty, such yeah. a disgusting concept. Like, yeah. yeah, not only is it a trout, it Oops. can taste like trout. <laughs> it's a trouty. Which is disgusting. <laughs> what a it's horrible concept. It's part of the salmon family. Oh, <laughs> I, you know, I always thought they were separate, the salmons and the trout. So you're saying a trout is a salmon. Oh, uh, that's what it looks like. OK, they're cousins. Uh, yeah, they're cousins. <laughs> they're uh, they're in the same genus. Yeah. Well, I actually thought Brooke might be the name of the trout. You know, the yeah. trout family. So, like you Jennifer know. Trout. Jennifer, Brooke Trout. Yeah. Okay. Brooke Trout, <laughs> Robin Trout, whoever. Uh, but. This is all for naught because there is no brook trout on the menu. Instead, what they did have on the menu was the fresh jumbo lake whitefish with sliced cucumbers, mm. garden vegetable, and French fried potatoes. All for the seemingly low, low price in 1959 of $4.95. Do you know how much that would cost today? A lot. A lot, yeah. At least like at least 25 $25. More than that. If you're doing $19.59, you multiply by about nine and a half. Oh, so God. that meal I just described comes to about $43.75 oh, today. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. For whitefish. <laughs> yeah. Whitefish and a and vegetable. doesn't include the tip either. No. No. It doesn't include the tip. I mean, <laughs> well. uh, this is an, if you have a copy of the menu, we'll try to supply a, a link so you can check it out, listeners at home. But it's an expensive menu. I, uh, 
I kind of had to remind myself that, oh, yeah, the 20th Century Limited is a very deluxe exclusive train. It's like the Queen Mary on rails. <laughs> so you're you're paying extra. I mean, look how fancy that uh, dining car is. It's got windows and a, and a maitre d' with a t- uh, bow tie. So it's 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 pretty fancy stuff. Okay. Yeah. But uh, so there's all kinds of interesting things on the menu. My my favorite item. Yeah. Is uh, it's I guess it was considered a light snack. So what that into <laughs> what you get there is it's a hard boiled egg, a tomato, some slices of pickles. And Saratoga chips. And Saratoga chips, that's the original name of potato chips. Saratoga, New York, the birthplace of the potato chip. All of that, three sixty five, which comes to about $32.26. <laughs> expensive chips. Yeah. yeah. That's a heck of an egg. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to mention about the uh, the menu is at the bottom there was like a crap load of like stuff that you could that you needed to read because it said uh, please write on check each item desired waiter cannot accept verbal orders yeah I thought that was very interesting you know that that the the waiter back in the day did not write down what you wanted. You had to write down what yeah. you wanted. And I thought that was very interesting because nowadays it's the waiter that takes your order and you just have to basically you basically have to hope that they get it right. But if you wrote it down, you know, and you give it to them, that's what they get. So I was, I was wondering why he was writing what yeah. he was writing, um, when he was taking the um when he when he ordered, when he yeah. was writing something on it. Maybe and it's I was, a redundancy thing. I mean, at those prices they don't want to make sure nobody screws up. Yeah. yeah. It was very interesting. And I was just like, oh, okay, that's kinda cool. Yeah. Because it's just little things that 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 kind of were 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 like a capsule of the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, okay, you know, people It's either that or he's drawing a very clever police sketch. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah hopefully it's a dirty <laughs> picture, actually. Yeah. You know, I would like this. <laughs> Bring me this. And the the desserts yeah. were great. Fifty five cents for a dessert, you know. Chilled melon was fifty cents. Yeah, again, multiply that by nine. It's like forget it. Yeah, vanilla pudding, yeah. forty five cents. I'm just I'm gonna sneak some Snickers bars on the train. You can keep your dining car, but yeah, yeah. I I tried to do some research and look up why the written orders. Um, couldn't quite find anything definitive. My guess would be. Uh, you are on a train. It's going rickety rackety clickety clackety, and you are in a you're in a dining car. So maybe they just didn't want customers to yell. Yeah, get me the trout. You know. So also services. You you were charged fifty cents per person if you did not eat in the dining car. Whoa. Yeah. But that was very interesting too. So if, so if you if you were like super elite rich, you were willing to pay that to eat in your own cabin. So I was just like, so that's wow. like five dollars. Yeah. To to bring it Pretty back much. to your room. Yeah. Well, I I don't have the menu in front of me, but uh, how much is Coca Cola? Because remember, it was it was only a nickel back then. Oh yeah, five dollars. Yeah. yeah. So right? how much is it here? Um, it's not listed. Oh, they don't have soft drinks. No. They have like lemonade for fifty cents, and that's a pot. Oh, this is a pot of tea is fifty cents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Decaffeinated coffee is 50 all of it's 50 cents except for the milk which is 40 cents yeah so all these 50 cent items that's about four dollars and 42 cents today i mean imagine if if uh if coca-cola was 50 cents that's a thousand percent markup that's insane where are they getting all these 50 (laughs) cents 
<laughs> well, I think everything was paid in like change. Remember back in the day, change actually meant something. So, yep. yeah, you know, you can get a shave and a haircut for two bits. Completely, completely. Is that a penny? <laughs> is that is that a penny? No, no, two bits uh, of uh, it's fifty cents. Oh, 50 cents. Sorry. So yeah. I always thought like, and then there's like hay hay seeds and and like stuff where or hay pennies where you like, and you could actually break the you could break the um the the coins in half to pay for stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, before we before we leave the uh, the whole thing about the trout, uh, I wanted to mention some <laughs> stuff that I found out about trout because you know she does re- recommend it. Says it's a little trouty. Well, according to a website called WideOpenSpaces.com, here are ten trout recipes that will rock your world. Are you ready? Yes. Trout man. Number one. Just 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 close your ears, Audra. <laughs> just don't listen. Oh, that's if right. I knew yeah. how to. <laughs> She's fishist. Okay, here we go. Number one, whole grilled trout. Number two, trout with fiddleheads, morals, and wild onions. No. Sounds great. Number three, grilled lime trout. Number four, smoked lake trout. Number five, trout with orange saffron sauce. Six, roasted trout with lemon and herbs. Number seven, trout omelet. Number eight, roasted trout with potatoes and asparagus. Number nine, fried, fried trout with peas. And number 10, which is the best one of all, salmon trout candy. Yummy. That's actually a, a mixture of five pounds of salmon or trout cut in strips, smoked and salted, and coated with brown sugar and maple syrup. Oh, I'm making that. Sweet and savory. Not good. I am mm-hmm. making that. Th- this does inspire me to come up with a few of my own trout recipes, like trout with no pants. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a trouser trout? Yeah. <laughs> trout from South Dakota who's lost. Yeah, trouser trout. Trout with one red shoe, you know. Yeah, so the <laughs> the possibilities are endless, but we're going to perhaps we should move away from trout. Uh Audra's yeah, waving around. Let's talk about that tiny glass he's drinking out of. Yeah. yeah. What was okay. that about? <laughs> what is that about? I was like, can I please have uh, a uh, an adult-sized glass, please? Yeah, well, that you know, this is a big moment in the movie. He's finally brought the Gibson that he ordered yes. uh, in the previous minute, and yeah, uh, you know, perhaps this is you know a consequence of riding on this railroad on the 20th Century Limited. You get uh, a Gibson, which is a variation of a martini. In a ridiculously small glass. Well, it's just entirely <laughs> gin, isn't it? I mean, maybe you don't need that much. The the Gibson, uh, it it all depends. I've seen several different uh, recipes for a Gibson. It's it, one variance that it makes it different from a martini is it's very very light on the vermouth. Some people just say even certain there's certain recipes where it's just a drop or two of vermouth, a hint of vermouth, a suggestion <laughs> of vermouth. Some people even just write down the word vermouth and say it, and that's enough and then they for throw them. It away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's not quite a martini. It's it's primarily gin, and of it's course there's a floating onion. Yeah, the floating yeah. onion, the eyeball, the onion. Yeah, but that is an, a ridiculously small glass. It's like a thimble with a stem on it. <laughs> But I guess that's, you know, what you're paying for sophistication. But uh, I'd imagine Cary Grant, you know, upon seeing that, might want to order like five or six of them right then and there. I don't <laughs> oh, know. Oh, totally. He, he could do it. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I've never had that drink. Have any of you guys ever tried that? No. no. Never a Gibson. Plenty of martinis. But, uh, and again, there's a very subtle difference. 
Uh, or maybe not so subtle when you're talking about a pickled onion versus an olive. So but mm. that's one thing I'm going to do once we wrap this podcast is I'm going to go out and get a Gibson. There you go. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, Audra, I'm trying to remember. Oh, yes. When you were young, in your youth, you were traveling through Europe. Didn't you drink vermouth straight once? I did. I, I drank straight vermouth in Hungary. Uh, I ordered a martini in Hungary, and they brought me a glass of vermouth. Just the vermouth? Because there is a brand of vermouth called martini. <laughs> um, and mm. I, dr- I drank it. And yeah. boy, was I sorry. Well, yeah. I, I got to double check, but I think that was a, there was a fad with Martini and Rossi on the rocks. And it was, you know, now yeah, I don't want any alcohol in that. Just give me the straight vermouth and, oh, and put some ice on it. It was like, oh, my God, I was sick for days. Ugh. Oh, my God. Worse than trout or? I can't even. <laughs> yeah. I won't even dignify that. Well, um, we can move on from that. <laughs> Well, you were noting, actually, Brett, that uh, apparently that tiny glass seems to travel quite a bit during this during this minute and a couple minutes coming up. Yeah, you know, once again, going back to, you know, would, would Hitchcock and Grant be just mortified that we were watching these minutes over and over because you notice there are several little teeny tiny continuity errors here. Uh, where is it? It's around, I think, second 31. You know, this, this minute is basically two shots. You sort of have a, a medium shot of Cary Grant from over Eva Marie Saint's shoulder, and then it's reversed. You have the same shot of Eva Marie Saint looking at Cary Grant. And, uh, you know, as they're having the conversation, those shots are edited back and forth. And in one shot, uh, Grant is just sitting there. Uh, and then the other shot, you know, it cuts to Eva Marie Satan. You see uh, Grant in the foreground, and you can see his hand is holding the Gibson. So it's a it's a continuity error. We've caught it. This movie is horribly flawed. Uh, I, I suppose, you know, one thing is, are you going to tell Cary Grant to do it over? Oh, I don't know. He probably would have wouldn't have minded. I, I think he had a good experience working on this film with Eva Marie Saint. Yeah, I mean, as long as I guess as long as he had a, had a had a Gibson though. But it's it is a teeny tiny continuity flaw that uh, sometimes he's holding the glass and then from a different angle he's not holding the glass. I think Hitchcock would kick your oops right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop analyzing my film so closely. Yeah, good Hitchcock there. And yeah, <laughs> leave Carrie alone. <laughs> good. The one person I don't want to be is the is the continuity person, uh, the the production assistant who after they're you know, here's one of the greatest directors working with an amazing star and another amazing actress, and you want to go up and say um you know he. He didn't pick up the glass in the shot. It was like, yeah, I don't want to be that person. No. <laughs> I don't want to be that no. person. There's, an inter- there's another interesting continuity error here. So you just realize this movie is just total garbage. Well, one thing just before. Um, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there, that's, that's, that, that, that happens to all great directors, though, is, is there's that, what is it, the script supervisor who basically has to keep everything going. Mm-hmm. And there was that huge, that huge, huge, huge um, 
real quick in uh, Jurassic Park, there was a huge uh, error in which the the Tyrannosaurus is coming after the kids, and they're they're on a the the goat is on a is on a cliff or something. But in a previous shot, there was no cliff, and the and the, and the woman was like, "Well, are you really gonna tell Steven Spielberg that? Excuse me, sir. You know there wasn't a cliff in the scene. No, you yeah. have to let that stuff go." And I'm thinking, I'm thinking like people like um, Hitchcock, especially. They're not worried about stuff like that, you know. They're like, does this mess with my narrative? And if it doesn't, they don't care, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just keep it going, you know. Yeah. I think that's just that's just how it how they are, you know, because because remember, they're visionaries. They're trying to see what else is what's 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 what, what what's going on. So, they just don't think about little things like that probably. And also, it probably costs a lot to to reshoot stuff, you know. So, so if you mess up, it's like, oh, well, okay, that might be going in. <laughs> exactly exactly i mean it yeah. really is about the performances and not little tiny things like that uh and you have two great performances here you know the chemistry between these two uh is pretty darn good 70 years from now two nerds might be watching <laughs> one minute over and over <laughs> welcome to hell <laughs> I mean, I, I just imagine they're all in, they're all in wherever respective, you know, afterlives, and and like you know, you have certain people who are like, are they doing your, are they doing your minutes yet? No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or you know, who who's, who do you think's gonna be next? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm picturing the ghost of Sir Alfred Hitchcock slapping his forehead really loudly. Just, this they is, don't get it. Yeah, this is the legacy of my career. Wouldn't it be one of those things where where he's like he's like in his afterlife and he's like and he's listening to all of us talking and he and he's just sort of like the reason why the Gibson was there was because you know it's what it's what he wanted you know he wouldn't do the scene without a Gibson <laughs> yeah 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 right. yeah yeah you know, it's like like that's what I would love you know Carrie we'll had to have a to, drink yeah. yeah we'll find out more of these these other interesting things in the uh, next minute coming up that pretty much ends this one. Uh, but uh, Audra and Desmond, uh, would you guys like to come back and discuss this tomorrow? Boy, yes. would we! Definitely, because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that happens uh, in the next minute that a lot of uh, interaction between the two of them that I really want to dive into. So yeah, yeah you thought this lovely. minute was iconic. Wait till you get to the next minute. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, all right then. Uh, I think uh, we'll we'll just wrap this one up then. Uh, you can find the Hitchcock Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play or at the main site, HitchcockMinute.com. Social media is available at The Man on Washington's Nose on Facebook and on Twitter at Hitchcock Minute. So uh, any last um, any last thoughts before we uh, we sign off? Yeah, one quick one. You, you, you made it. Yeah, that was the thing. Um, in in uh, Family Guy, Peter and Lois were getting getting down on Washington's head. That's what uh-huh. it was. They were getting down on Washington's head. <laughs> Yeah. They're well, having you some too can get head. down on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did you say? <laughs> you got to trans- repeat that. What that was mean? a great transition right there. That was good. It was, wasn't it? And good, Josh. Down on. Yeah, that was so This is good, the professional Josh. right here, people. Right. Yeah. That was excellent. Yeah, if you look up the word segue in the dictionary, you see a picture of Desmond Miller. And Josh. No, that's that not me. Josh. No. That was a Josh. No? Oh. Yeah, Josh, if oh. you want to get down. Oh, I was. Awesome. We'll edit that out. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, it was nice working with you. <laughs> yeah.
I got a train to catch. I got to jump off this train while it's still moving. So make sure you grab your Gibson on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then on note, note, uh, please join us here next time on the Hitchcock Minute. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.